Hi, this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. We are offering three separate conversations from Wednesday night's episode, previewing Nashtag 2021. In this conversation, Nashtag co-director and star surfer Dr. Stephen Harrison previews day two of Nashtag 2021. When he's finished, Louise Campbell, our guest Dr. Ian Rowe, and I each pick one meeting set of conversations or theme we find particularly exciting. Taping this episode left me itching for Nashtag to start. See what it does for you. Sit back, listen, enjoy, learn. Join hepatology researcher and key opinion leader Dr. Stephen Harrison, liver wellness advocate Louise Campbell, pricing and forecasting guru Roger Green, and this week's guest, hepatology researcher and clinician Ian Rowe, as they preview next month's Nashtag 2021 meeting from their own unique perspectives on the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. Stephen, you mentioned virtual questions. What what opportunities will people who are not in the room have to participate in the meeting? My anticipation and maybe expectation is that they will have the ability, just like on any typical Zoom platform, to raise their hand or type in a question. Moderators should and would be expected to address some of those questions. So that's how we're going to do it. And unless I'm told otherwise, that's the way we'll plan on doing it. I'd love to leave enough time for day two because it's a different couple different directions and really fascinating. So unless someone has something else they want to ask specifically about the phase one agenda. Stephen, why don't you come walk us through phase two? Day two starts Saturday, March 13th at 730. We're going to talk about what would NASH trials without histology look like. I'm going to moderate that with Vlad Ratsiu. And Mary Ranella will kick us off with serum biomarkers and prediction of outcomes. So remember, there are three different contexts of use for a biomarker in the field of NASH. One is diagnosing the at-risk NASH patient. Number two, measuring therapeutic efficacy, right? You put them on drug, are they responding? Can I stop them? Do I need to keep treating them? What can I tell my patient the the response is likely to be if we did a liver biopsy? And then finally, determining long-term outcome data. So Mary is going to walk us through what that looks like. Then immediately following, Professor Lumba uh, is an expert in imaging biomarkers. He's going to show us what imaging biomarkers and prediction of histologic response and fibrosis change in outcomes have looked like over the past year. You know, he's presented a lot of data on MRI, PDFF, and even MR elastography. So we'll hear from him on that. And then an interesting conversation will ensue from a guy I don't know well, but Mike Charlton recommended him. And Ian, I don't know if you know him. His name is David Panato. He's at Imperial College in London. He's going to give a talk on precision medicine, incorporating biomarkers into clinical trials. Don't know a whole lot about that, but Michael says he's phenomenal and we are in for a treat on that lecture. That will uh, be followed by Phil Newsom talking about ready to select patients with active NASH and fibrosis without biopsy. In other words, can we use our non-invasive testing strategy to identify the at-risk NASH patient with fibrosis and actually not do a liver biopsy, but include them in our phase two and phase three trials? Now, the FDA is still 
advocating liver biopsy here. But what would it look like if we didn't have liver biopsy? Because I think that's where we're eventually headed. And that's actually the title of the next talk, which is what would NASH trials without biopsy look like? And Vlad Ratsiu will give that talk. And then every one of them will come up for a panel discussion. It'll be myself, Vlad, Sunil Hasmani from GenFit, who heads up the NIS4 biomarker development program, Celine Fournier from EchoSense, who's the chief medical officer there, and uh, hopefully uh, Rob Myers from Gilead, although uh, I think we're still waiting to see if he can join us. And that'll be the first session. So a really robust dialogue, I mean, right after breakfast on what would NASH trials look like without histology. Then we're going to roll into special populations in NASH trials, something we haven't done before either. We're going to talk about NASH and HIV and other unique populations. Is this a specific unmet need? And then Quentin Anstey is going to talk about the elephant in the room, NASH and moderate alcohol consumption. There's a lot of debate out there about are we really including alcoholics in some of our NASH trials? Is there a way to mitigate that and what would it look like? And then we're back to our many debates before we finish the morning session. And this is on diabetes drugs for NASH. No need to look elsewhere. In other words, is that all we need? And Sven Frank is going to take the idea of, yes, indeed, it's all we need. Arun Sanyal will come back with not so fast. And then there's a panel discussion that will ensue. And then from noon to four, we're going to entitle this a la carte roundtable discussion related to drug development. This, again, is that opportunity to maybe get out in nature and have discussions in a roundtable format with your colleagues, maybe while you're pursuing alternative physical events. And then we'll come back at four o'clock in the evening and dive into basic science. And again, this is fascinating to me as a a clinical scientist. I have never been brought up in the preclinical world, but I've learned a lot over the years from meetings specifically like this, where we have experts come in and really dive into some of the basic science. So Brent Tetri is going to start off with preclinical models, lots of information. Is any of it usable in humans? I think that's an interesting topic because we know that if If you don't see a lesion improve in an animal model, very unlikely to see it happen in a human. If you do see it improve in an animal model, it doesn't mean it's going to happen in a human. And the other thing is there's not really a very good animal model to replicate ballooning degeneration. And so he's going to talk through that. There will be a period for Q&A after that. And then Bernard Snabel will come in and talk about the microbiome in NASH and implications of pathophysiology and treatment. This is an area that has been around for a while, but one that we need to really get back engaged with as we learn more and more about the microbiome. And then finally, in this session, an old icon of NASHTAG, Scott Friedman, and I say old icon, he, he's literally a well-known figure in the field of fibrosis and well-respected. He's going to talk about directly targeting novel mechanisms for fibrosis, specifically TGF-beta and integrins. And then this session will finish out with advances in genetic and gene silencing in NASH by Professor Lumba. And then our last session of the meeting will be new pharmacotherapy targets. So we'll hear from William Essler on DGAT2 plus acetyl-CoA carboxylase from Pfizer. We'll hear from the president of TURNS, Aaron Quirk, on SSAO and VAP1 inhibition. Mike Charlton will talk about toll-like receptor signaling inhibition. And Robert Foster, who's the CEO of Hepion, will talk about CRV431, a pan-cyclophilin inhibitor. Altimune, Scott Harris, the chief medical officer, will talk about GLP-1 glucagon 
co-agonist. And then Dr. Lumba will come up and talk about PMPLA3 silencing. And then I'll wrap up the whole meeting with a recap and future direction. And we'll adjourn the meeting and send everybody out for dinner and the next day back home. So what do you think? I personally am trying to figure out how many fire hoses one can drink from at a time because, boy, there's a lot here. I think it looks excellent. And I, <laughs> for many reasons, I'd love to be able to go in person. I mean, I think that that first session on the Saturday morning about what trials without histology would look like, and I think that'll be fascinating because in, in some ways that's really the, the sort of medium term view to what clinical practice is going to look like and how we might select patients for treatment without biopsy. And some of the discussions that you'll need to have within that will be quite illuminating. And I, I do know David Pignato and he is excellent. His background is in HCC and uh, looking at biomarkers, uh, particularly of uh, checkpoint inhibitor therapy response. And you you really will get an excellent lecture lecture from him. But I think that, that session in general looks really terrific. Well, that's great to know, Ian. Thank you. I'm looking forward to that talk for sure. And, and that whole session, I think, uh, again, we're going to leave about 30 minutes for a panel discussion at the end of those four, five lectures to really dive into this a bit more and get input from hopefully the virtual crowd as well as the uh, in-person crowd. I was just going to say exactly what Ian said. That morning session looks very exciting and it's certainly, as you said, the future potentially we would hope of beyond the biopsy and of clinical practice and being able to see more people, I suppose, in the real world than we currently see getting through the biopsy process. But um, yes, very exciting. And also the elephant in the room of moderate NASH consumption. We know that people consume a lot more alcohol than they necessarily confess to and how much alcohol is acceptable in a a fatty liver trial but do you remove alcohol do you remove a high sugar drinks that can be somewhat confounding as well so if we're going to be interesting to look at different aspects from that absolutely i'm also fascinated by the diabetes debate the reason being in very very practical terms at least some health agencies approve drugs based in part on how compelling the need is So the more adequate a solution you believe semaglutide is to NASH, the less urgent you might feel about approving other agents, which might have to do with approval or it might have to do with reimbursement. But one way or another, the adequacy of what's available today, I think, will bear on how aggressively we are able to move forward with novel agents, many of which I think are really exciting. So I will be intrigued to hear particularly Dr. Frank's presentation and how you make a case that goes yes on the diabetes drugs, given both the strengths and the seeming shortcomings of this maglophtide trial. We had fun putting that one together. I think there's a lot of energy behind the GLP-1 class because, look, let's face it, weight loss is kind of key to 90% of the NASH issue that's out there. And we know there's histopathology improvement that's linked to certain percentages of weight loss. And the GLP-1s, particularly semaglutide injectable, have, have shown in obesity trials a proclivity to lose weight. And and I think that's that's really important. The flip side to that is the tolerability profile. And if you look at claims data, how many of these prescriptions actually get renewed over time? And are patients compliant with it? So does it have a role in NASH? Absolutely. I think it'll have a role in NASH. Is it everything it's cracked up to be? Well, I think time will tell. And I think this debate will be probably one of the more fascinating and potentially controversial discussions. So uh, I'm looking forward to that because I think it's going to close out Saturday morning with a bang. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll tell you, um, one of the things that grabs me as I think about it, remembering that, that Phil Newsom is presenting his semaglutide paper the day before, 
is that you're going to have discussion and debate on this on Friday, and then as you described, all those uh, off-to-the-side conversations, and then come back in and do this on Saturday morning. So I think there'll be a whole bunch of ferment before you even get to this. And a lot of times people consider all these issues in the balance of everything else that's been heard. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, I agree. It'll be a good debate. And following the discussion we had last week is if you start to inform patients who are diabetes, now that they've got fatty liver disease, does that impact in a positive way and improve the outcome of these medications? Because of course, they then tend to change their behavior a little bit more than they would if they were never told that they had fatty liver disease. For me, I'd like to see us reach that point now with cancer being the leading cause with diabetes of deaths in that population. That whole conversation being had, and we could see these medications have far more effect with the exercise and the improved diet that people may well be triggered into with a a differential diagnosis of fatty liver disease and fibrosis. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email, questions at surfingnash.com. We are releasing two more conversations from this episode, and we will release our next full episode on Wednesday, March 3rd. I hope you'll join us then. Until then, stay safe, stay warm, and see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.